Hey ladies, welcome to the Peace in the Middle podcast, a platform that provides clarity, insight, and growth to leaders worldwide through practical application in the Christian faith. My name is Wakia, and I'm your host. So today we will actually be discussing chapter two of Shook One, um, Charlemagne the God's book, Shook One. But today, as promised, I have special guests. So I will be talking to my best friend. When I say best friend, I mean like way back, like like itty, little bitty, itty bitty um, elementary school best friend, Tashika Little. And I'll be talking to my sister, whoop, whoop, Fatima Farber. <laughs> so we will actually be discussing, um, like I said, Charlemagne the God's book, Shook One, um, Anxiety Plan Tricks on Me. Um, so... This today we will be talking about chapter two, which is so anxious. Um, yeah, so welcome, ladies. Hey. So yeah. Um, alrighty. So what do y'all want to start with this chapter? This chapter was so good. Mm-hmm. Like this chapter. Um, let me see. So I think one of the first things that, you know, he starts talking about in this chapter was, you know, when he had his first anxiety attack and, you know, how it started making him feel out crazy. He talked about um, <laughs> social media and all that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what you got? Where would y'all like to start? You know, I was thinking about, so initially when he started it, he was saying that the first panic attack that he um, realized that he had was when he was driving with his cousin to see um, Lil Duvall, right? Which mm-hmm. I thought was so cool, mm-hmm. but anyway. So um, <laughs> when he was riding the, um, to go and see him and how he said he felt like the he was having a heart attack. So he pulled over and had his cousin drive. And what's funny to me is that he can actually remember the first time that he had an actual panic attack. And I said, so that lets you know, first of all, that must have been pretty traumatic for him, the fact that he could actually remember it. And then he goes back to say that um, when he looked back, he realized that that wasn't the first time that he had Mm -hmm. been doing it and that it had been happening to him since he was little, since he was a kid. And the other thing that I thought was interesting is how when he explained that to the doctor, and because um, the doctor j- kind of just dismissed it too, like he didn't look at it to he didn't look at it as far as to me being something real, you know. Like normally, if you go to the doctor, you tell them you're having this problem, especially a problem that made this man feel like he was having a heart attack. That seems pretty, um, you know, like something that's pretty bad. And then to say that it was just an anxiety attack and to dismiss it without going into any detail or without giving him any suggestions or anything to just make it seem like he was totally fine. I thought that was really, I'm saying interesting, but what I'm thinking is a little crazy. (laughs) You you don't go to the doctor and say, I feel like I had a heart attack. And then you come out and find out it's only anxiety, but we don't do anything about it. We don't say nothing about how we're going to treat it or how we're going to fix it. That seemed a little crazy to me. So, you know, I thought it was really crazy, too, because, you know, I don't think I've ever had a panic attack, so I can't really, 
I can't really weigh in on it to say, you know, that, that feeling, I mean, I felt a little stress and I felt a little, um, I don't know, you know, just, you know, uh, anxious, you know, just a little anxious, but not, not like, I have never felt like, you know, my heart, like it was about to pop out of his chest. So have either yeah. of you ever experienced a panic attack? No, I haven't. I experienced a panic attack, but I have experienced an anxiety attack. And it's like, they're, they're very similar, but I think a panic attack is a little more in- intense, like it's on the next level. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. but the symptoms are very similar. Mm-hmm. So was it so a traumatic event? The first time that you realized that you that you had the um, the attack. So was your first thought to go to the doctor? No, my first thought wasn't to go to the doctor because I like I kind of knew what was happening, um, and I I guess I knew what was happening because like. I I already knew that I was stressed. I already knew that I was overwhelmed. Like I already knew that I had all of the all of the uh, factors that could contribute to something like that. So what I did was um, I was actually commuting on my way to to New York City to work, and um, I remember like like I was doing this every day. Like I get on the train, the train is super crowded, and usually it bothers me, but I just deal with it, right? Like I like when you do that every day, you just get to a point where you just deal with it. And it's not a big a big deal. But for some reason that particular day, it was like when I got on the train and all the people were like around me, I literally felt like the the train was closing in on me. Like I felt like I couldn't breathe. I couldn't concentrate. I started getting dizzy. I started sweating. Like I just felt confused. I felt nauseous. And like, I kind of knew what was happening. So I immediately like text one of my friends who experiences this like often. And I was like, Hey, I think like I'm actually having an anxiety attack. Like what should I do? You know, cause I know that she has dealt with it before. So she basically started guiding me through what she does, which is like a practice to help her calm down. Where it's like you, you count five things you can see. It's like basically getting in tune with your senses. So you count five things you can see, you listen for four things you can hear, you smell three things. Like you just basically go from five yeah. to one and kind of activate all your senses so that you get more aware of your body and stop focusing on like what's, the feeling of everything closing in on you um so yeah so it was it was definitely scary um but I didn't go to the doctor like because I guess I the reason I didn't go to the doctor was because I knew what they're what they were going to do which is prescribing medication and in my opinion although doctors are great in some ways I think for some things like medication is not the answer and especially Mm -hmm. for anxiety and an anxiety attack um like in my case because I was having it for the first time like I don't think that it it wasn't like it was chronic it wasn't like it was something that was controlling my life I think in that situation like it makes sense to get medication but because it was just like okay you're just stressed out and you can probably just relax and like calm down and it'll probably go away and that's what happened so I didn't take the medication but I definitely think it's helpful and like going to a doctor is helpful if it's something that's starting to control your life. Wow. That would have just scared the crap out of me if that would have been happening to me and I'm on the subway. Let me just tell you, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like, scary. 
Like I would have probably lost all control. And I'm trying to tell you now, I'm obviously I, I'm not where I need to be because I would have went straight to the doctor. Like I would have called my girlfriend and she would have said, yeah, I need you to do these comic exercises. Okay, yeah, we can go to this doctor though to make sure that my brain okay. Because <laughs> I'm thinking that something's not where it needs to be. <laughs> like I'm just honestly thinking this is not where they need to be. So, but I'm so glad that you had a resource that you could call and try to walk you through it. And I mean, she would have been giving me those those little tactics, and those tactics would have been great to get me to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> But I think I think with Fatima, the whole thing was that she was more aware of having anxiety. That was the whole mm-hmm. thing. Like, it wasn't something that came to her out of the blue. She recognized what it was and had a resource that she could go to to, um, to kind of diffuse the situation. And I think that census thing is awesome sauce. I yeah. love the thought of that being able to, not just with anxiety, but I can see using that for a lot of other things when you just get overwhelmed and you just need... Mm-hmm. Uh, calming, you know, you need to come back to a center for just you. I could definitely see that being good. I love that. Definitely when you yeah. upset, like it's, when you ticked off. That's like a perfect yes. thing to use when you ticked off. Yes. <laughs> I think that's a great practice for just like, regardless of the situation, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's helpful from like, before you get to that tipping point of anger, of anxiety, of whatever it is that you're feeling, like, that's a good way to kind of just like bring it back down before it elevates and mm-hmm. escalates to a point out of control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I was so when we, um, when we were talking, when I was um, reading the story. And so he talks about when he goes back initially to uh, when the panic attacks start when he were young, when he was young and it was so like first of all so just so you know Fatima me and Kia started reading the hard copy and now we are both went to download um, she downloaded the book so we both listening to it now and start with that. oh yeah yes and let me just say I absolutely love having him read the story to us right <laughs> He reads it perfectly. Like when he's yep. reading it to you, you know that's exactly how he is feeling at the moment that this is going on. Like he gives you exactly the expressions and that he that goes along with the situation. So I thought that was perfect. And I thought it was so interesting. And I can understand this probably more because it is a man thing, but about how the whole anxiety comes from um, perception. I was just being a pussy. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He talks so much about um in being like um growing up, being a boy, growing up in the hood, you know, and how perception is everything. And I was like, we're gonna have to get that black privilege book because when he talked about Darnell beating him down, I feel like I'm missing something. <laughs> 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 but but and that's what I was thinking, like you can see where I could definitely see where anxiety would come from that him talking about the whole um, going to the school and getting jumped on or getting hit six times in one week. Like, that's ridiculous. I probably didn't go to school. I'd like to get this. Then talking yeah. about how um, he was affected when um, Hurricane Hugo hit, you know, mm. and how that was such a big and traumatic thing, not just for him and his family, but for their entire state you know for their entire neighborhood and how that part of it affected him and the anxiety that came along with that it was a whole bunch of different things and i could definitely see where coming from that place and getting to where he is how he's had and been suffering from anxiety for so long 
But I think, I, I think when he was talking about the powers of perception, while he was coming from initially from a place of like saying, you know, being in the hood and fighting and everything like that, I was thinking about, you know, you can have, I could, I could see myself having it like even at work. Cause he was saying one of the things he said in, his, in the book, he said, um, he said, as I've grown older, I found that some of my biggest fears come from my insecurities, specifically those rooted in what I perceive to be others' opinions of me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you think about how, um, <laughs> like, I remember, I remember I had started a new job and I remember saying to myself, wow, um, what if I can't do this job? Like, what if I honestly cannot do this job? And you know what used to come to my mind all the time? Um, I don't know, you, Tashika, I know you see that movie Carrie. You remember Carrie? Mm-hmm. and how and Carrie when her mother tells her not to go to the prom because she was like you know they all gonna laugh at you and so then she gets to the freaking prom they pour that, that pig blood on her head and it's like they do that little split that little um, split glass thing it's like they're all gonna laugh at you they're all gonna laugh at you <laughs> you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. they, did. Mm-hmm. Like, they did and it's just like in my mind I can definitely see that you know because of the fact that I may have some insecurities about this that and the third it may not even be nothing that's true that you may think but it's that's what i think you think about me you know what i'm saying mm-hmm, yeah. and then that's just alone that enough that, that, that is enough just to make me feel some kind of way mm-hmm. um about a situation like i know with my boss currently my boss currently is a really big micromanager like she's a really big micromanager and i don't know if y'all have ever had somebody who's a really big like like you don't understand i mean yeah. like i submitted this thing one time and it was um and i had like the word us in it like us like a capital u and a capital s she was like, you need to put a period between you and S. Like, you know, you know, like a dot U, dot S or whatever, you know? And I was like, oh, okay, I didn't even pay attention to that. So because my brain don't even see those little bitty things like that, because I'm thinking, if you see a capital U, capital S, you're not going to think that's you know what it is. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what that is. Yes, ma'am. You know, or, but you know, because of the fact that in her mind, you know, she was just a really, like, she would see something and she would be like, oh, you know, you got, you know, that font is off, you know, instead of a 14, it should be a 13. Instead of, you know, and I don't know how to where she would see that but because she was so she 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 really did pay she does pay attention to the smallest detail but i'm gonna tell you what that what that did to me in real life that sort of put me in a very insecure state because then it got to the point where before i would show her anything i'm checking her like eight or nine times you know what i'm saying yeah Mm -hmm. because now she got me feeling some kind of way like i'm an idiot (laughs) you know what i'm saying and i can't get these simple things right because literally but what i what it also taught me was my truth is I'm a big picture person. I don't see the small details. Those small things go right by me. You know what I'm saying? That's just not my strong suit. So for me, that was one of those things that, you know, I had to learn, but I can understand what he was saying about the whole thing of, you know, just your other people's opinions, putting you in this state of, you know, having some kind of anxiety about your, you know, putting you in in these, you know, having these crazy feelings starting to, you know, um, rise up. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. That reminds me of um, what we were talking about, like, maybe last week when I was, like, telling you the anxiety that I was having around, um, like, I guess the best way to phrase it would be, like, not feeling Christian enough Mm -hmm. and feeling like, you know, people would see the way I live my life and and almost feel like I was not qualified to do certain things because, like, I'm a Christian, you know, like, oh, you're a Christian, but you do this, or, oh, you're a Christian, but you do that. Because I, because I have a platform, it, it was like this pressure that I think other people put on me and also that I put on myself. And I, and I feel like I struggled with that a lot. And just recently, I feel like I've kind of gotten to a point with that particular area where I'm like, okay, I 
kind of the way he described in that chapter where he talked about like wearing multiple masks and how mm-hmm. it's a, like a good therapist's job is to kind of help you get comfortable with taking those masks off and, and being okay with that. And I feel like, um, like I'm, I'm starting to get to that point, especially like with this particular area of the, of when it comes to Christianity, I feel like I'm definitely comfortable in that now, but it's other areas of my life where I still feel like, you know, part of me, you know, if I'm not fully wearing that mask, it's like I, I pick it up sometimes and I get tempted to put it back on because I'm afraid of, of the judgments of others if I fully take it off. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that totally. I think I probably live in a space, honestly, where I probably keep my mask off a lot just because I don't have the energy at this point in my life to really put it on as much. And because you don't mm-hmm. care about people's opinions. Opinion. <laughs> right, not as much. You know, not you as much. I mean, you but, know. But in her, but to say to what she's saying, I agree. And it kind of kind of more to what you were talking about, because I feel like I wear my mask more at work than I do any other time. Because mm-hmm. um, when you're in a professional environment, you know, you have to maintain a certain um, decorum. And that Absolutely. decorum that you maintain at work is not necessarily your real you. You know what I'm saying? Today was one of those days where I really had to put that mask on in order to, um, because you have to present yourself and just remember where you at, you know? And so sometimes you do have to, well, we're calling it a mask, but I'll say a shade of me. How about a shade of me? Because it's like, mm-hmm. It's still true to you, but it's definitely you toned down. It's definitely not you in full effect because mm-hmm. you have to work with these people. And you know that you can only say certain things to certain people, certain ways, and still be okay. Because once again, these are the people you see every day. These are the people you work with. Not only that, but I just became a car seat technician at my job. And so that's a new position for me. So these are also my resources. These are also the people that I'm going to turn to and have to go to should I need help or support. So that mask thing, yeah, sometimes we do, you know, still have to to put that on or, you know, tone down the shades of you in order to be able to just exist. Girl, and keep a job. Mm-hmm. Most importantly, keep a job. That's the truth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> That's the truth. You hit the lottery. If you hit the lottery tonight, I bet you you'll take that mask off. Like this is what we doing. <laughs> so yeah. coming right off. <laughs> so, um, okay, so let's talk about. I think the bulk of this chapter was social media, and Tima. I, as I was listening to this chapter. I was thinking about you so much because I realized that in your, in your everyday world, this is your area. Like, this is your area of expertise. What are, what are you, like, a social media manager or – is that the title? Is that right? So I'm, I'm a community manager, but within that is social media management. Yeah. So, yeah. So with that being said, I was thinking, like, wow. And I was like, his, 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 some of his facts as far as – you know, the impacts of social media on us today. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming out now about how, you know, we are on our phones too much, how we don't really, you know, we don't, you know, because of that, we know we don't know how to have conversations anymore. You know what I'm saying? We don't know how to be in a room together and just, you know, have a regular conversation. You know, just two people. You go to restaurants today, you see everybody on their phone. You know what I'm saying? In a restaurant. You know, so what what do y'all, what do y'all think about that? Like when he was talking about, you know, some of the, just some of the stats, like, you know, like the suicide rate goes up and all those kind of things. What are your thoughts? 
I mean, I could definitely relate. Like when he was when he was talking about that chapter, it was like I have so many points about it I could relate to. Um, I think one of the biggest things that stood out to me was um, just like the overall feeling of you're missing out on something. Um, I think that's something that a lot of us millennials <laughs> um, feel and, and maybe even people older than me because it's it's, social media is like all ages, but I know like my generation in particular, we, we feel that on a very different, in a very different way because we literally grew up with this stuff like in front of us all the time. So um, that part really, really stood out to me. And I think um, when he talked about like the, that kind of comparison will that you get caught on of how like you, you know, you see other people like living their best life in, in air quotes because we know <laughs> all of <laughs> but you see other people doing traveling and doing all this awesome stuff and there's been so many times where I felt like you know wow maybe what I'm doing is not that awesome and I'm I'm so grateful that like I've I've learned different tools and techniques and simple things like just like he said a social media detox like doing things like that has gotten me to the point where I'm able to just tune that stuff out now. And I think it also helps that like, I have a clear purpose and focus as to why I'm using social media. So I think, you know, in the past, when I feel like when my purpose wasn't as clear, I definitely felt that hesitation and that comparison and like that seeking validation. But now because my purpose is so clear, like I have a very intentional process when I'm posting anything. I'm like, is this helping anyone or is it serving God? And if it doesn't do those two things, it's like, I'm not posting it. I'm not even going to waste my time. I'm not going to, I'm not, like, I rarely post, like, pictures of, like, me on vacation and, like, selfies and all of that stuff because it, it so easily goes from, like, oh, I'm just sharing my recent vacation picture to, like, wanting to prove something or wanting mm -hmm. to get validation in some way. So I think once I realized that in myself, like, I started realizing that it was unhealthy and I knew that I wanted to shift it. So I just had to kind of like prepare myself and change my mindset around social media. But it's hard though. And it's still something that, you know, I struggle with from time to time, but gratefully not nearly as much as I used to. No, I can, I can totally agree with that too. Like I will say for me, it's not as much for me that um, I go on there to post, but I do definitely keep, um, well, first of all, let me just start with, I only got Facebook. I don't have nothing, <laughs> I don't have nothing else. I ain't got no Twitter, nothing else, girl. All I got is Facebook. But <laughs> I use it because I keep up with my peeps that way. Like my family and, um, you know, I got family here and then I have family down where my dad lives. And so this is an easy way that I'm able to see what everybody is doing. I'm like you, though. I find I definitely do not post um, a lot of stuff about me. Um, it, it's like a long time since I've actually put any pictures of, of me or the kids or anything like that, that up there. Now, I do like to put accomplishments for me and the babies up there because, once again, it is a way that I reach out to my family and for them to be able to see um, thing, and things like that. But as far as some of the other stuff, I try to stay away from that Facebook craziness. And that be the other thing is a problem. People go back and forth. People so disrespectful. And 
especially when Facebook is one of those places where you don't have to have a filter in the beginning. Like maybe you'll get caught eventually, but in the beginning, you can pretty much say whatever it is that you want to say. And until mm. somebody reports you, that's going to be out there. And I see so much disrespect. People are entitled to their opinions. You, who are you to tell me what my opinion should and should not be? And that's where that kind of thing is where I see most of the problems at. Like nobody is respect the nobody respects each other's opinions anymore. Like don't get me wrong, because of course we're not talking about on the side of racism and things of that kind of of that nature. We're not talking about that kind of thing. We are specifically just talking about people's opinions. If you like Trump, mm -hmm. then you have the right to like Trump for whatever reason you dictating your mind to like Trump. It was I was thinking about when um when um he was talking about the interview or the little conversation he had with Lauren and how he was saying to her that um he asked her did she believe that all Trump supporters were racist? And she said no. She said I'm a Trump supporter and I don't believe I'm racist. Which we gonna leave that alone. But anyway. So she said that and then he goes to say well, then why is it that, how is it that you can feel that everybody in the Black Power movement is racist? Because they're not, um, they're not against anybody else. It's about standing in support of your own people. Now, we're not, and we're not talking about the KKK, because we're not talking about to, to the point of where we feel like kill everybody or do this mm -hmm. or do this to other people. We are simply talking about praising us, showing our our beautifulness and supporting ourselves and not only that supporting um and bringing to the forefront the things that are being done to us that are wrong so how is it that you can feel one way about one topic and then when another topic that's brought up the same way is you can't see the difference and that is kind of one of the things that bothers me mainly about social media because that's where i see it a lot well you know i think my excuse me, my viewpoint on social media is a little different because, because I've always been in an environment where I could not have my phone during the day. Mm. And I've been in tons of environments where I didn't have access at all to, um, I don't have access at all to, um, you know, the unclass or like internet. I don't have access to that at all. There's, I've been in jobs where I haven't had access to that at all. And I've been in jobs, and I've obviously for my whole career, I've always been in jobs where I did not have access to my phone. So for me, it's not as bad because, you know, I can go to, you know, I, 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 de I detox every day for like eight to nine hours every day. <laughs> At least Monday through Friday, you know. Um, I don't do Facebook. I don't do, you know, I don't do anything. Like that's not my, that's just not my, it's just not my thing, you know. Um, so it's not as hard, it's not as, um stressful for me I guess at this point to sort of let it go um I and honestly I think one of the main reasons why I don't do it like when I used to try to start doing it one of the things that caught me up was I realized that I was getting so caught up in that whole comparison thing I hate that comparison thing I hate that thing of just trying to see and I realized you know that I was really like just like he said you know, like what Stephen Furtick said you know just you know comparing your life my real life to the highlight reel so mm -hmm. I realized that was so unhealthy. And when I started doing that, that's why I was like, you know what? This Facebook thing is not healthy for me. Like, this is not healthy for me. So I just, I literally just walked away from it because I realized I'm not going to put myself in a situation. I'm not going to intentionally put myself in a situation that's going to cause me more harm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I always say that my brain is like, you know, it's, it's, it's fertile ground. So I try to make sure I only plant 
I only plant stuff that's gonna be, you know, good fruit. <laughs> that's my thing. And yeah. it was it was so like what he was saying about the questions you ask, you know, the questions you ask yourself. Your brain is gonna try to make sure they your brain is gonna try to answer those questions. So I try to make sure that I only do things that's gonna be beneficial to 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 me, you know, to my brain. Like that's that's my thing. And Facebook and all those different so, social media platforms for me just was not healthy. Now, because of that, that means do I miss out on family events and stuff like that? I do, but I feel like, hey, if it's that important, you'll call me. People who are important got mm-hmm. my cell phone number. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's exactly right. They got my cell phone number. So, I mean, they'll call that. Listen, you'll send me an individual text and say, girl, you are not going to believe what happened. You know, that's the only way I'm going to find out. But I just find that I think, I think social media right now is very, very scary. I think it's a scary thing. And like you said, she got completely agree because there are no filters. And, um... And, and even, you know, and you know what it is, though, it's like not even if you're just trying, not even just with the cursing or anything like that, but, you know, you can cut people up so bad with just regular words, you know what I'm saying, to where mm-hmm. social media gives you all this keyboard courage, you know what I'm saying, and it just, yeah. it's just a very, you know, bad place, and, I, and while I don't do a lot of stuff on social media, I am a huge game freak on my phone, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. so... Well, I, you won't catch me doing anything on social media, but I can play, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever game I'm playing now. I mean, I have like a design game on my phone. I can play that thing for hours. You know what I'm saying? Um, and in my mind, that's like my, that's how I'm relaxing. But I've gotten to the point now where I will literally just cut everything off and I, I fast from my phone for like a weekend. I can say, okay, you playing no games this weekend. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm having to go back and reconnect with just other stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I don't have a problem with social media. But those games and everything, it's a whole thing of me just looking down at my screen, which was what was driving me crazy. And I hate feeling like anything has control over me. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel you on that. I, I totally agree with that as well. I mean, and you think about it, this joker, he was a little out of control. When he was saying something like he done took his phone in the bathroom. Now, here's the thing that was so gross. He told he took his phone in the bathroom, dropped it in the toilet. And then eating the rice. Girl, I'm going to stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need him to go ahead and get his life together with that. I was like, so let me make sure. I had to rewind it back to make sure I understood. And he was like, so I, he said, like, well, I believe that, you know, you bought the rice. You killed the germs. Sir, I'm going to need to throw that rice away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need you to stop playing. I'm going totally, totally, totally. The same way when I read. When I heard that, I was like, what the what? <laughs> listen, listen, don't get ridiculous. Let's not get ridiculous, people. Let's not get ridiculous. I, I, I can totally understand why he, you know, I, I can just understand his, his feelings. But I think that social media thing is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole thing about, you know, like you said, just like the perceptions and everything of, you know, and how you think people see you and... But all that to me ties into that social media thing, right? Because you try to put your best face on online. You never see nobody online putting their they screw ups. Nope. Like never. Nope. Mm-hmm. Like I read this book one time. I can't remember who the author was, but the name of the book was My Not So Fabulous Life. And it was so great because in the end of the book, a lady ended up making a website and it was just saying my not so fabulous life. And she only posted screw ups. Like she posted when she tried to cook a dinner and she burnt everything. You know what I'm saying? Or (laughs) when she she really got to work that day, when she was caught all in the rain and everything. You know what I'm saying? So she really posted these really true pictures of her. And I found it to be so, you know, just, just so refreshing because you get so tired of seeing everybody being so perfect. You know what I'm saying? 
and it's real. That is real life for everybody, every single person out there. That is real life. And that's the whole thing. These social media pages give these people these uh, a glimpse of something that it's not even realistic. It's not even realistic. No, you do not look like that every day. You probably took 50 pictures before you got that perfect picture you posted for your profile. You know, that kind of stuff. But it gives the illusion of perfection. And we all know that that is not realistic. So I think that, um, go ahead, go ahead, Tima. No, I was saying I completely agree. I mean, I definitely think that, um, <laughs> that I, I'm so enjoying his books. I, like I said, and Tashika, I totally agree with you. Y'all, that is my dog. Y'all know my life. Because <laughs> she is falling behind me right now, like whining and everything, because she is sitting here with her legs crossed, ladies. Um, <laughs> um, so, but, you know, I'm so enjoying this book because I feel like he is, you know, he's like just giving us this little glimpse into like his, you know, his truth, you know, his real truth. Mm-hmm. His real truth you know? mm-hmm. And I feel I, I'm so happy that he is, you know, telling his story and he's telling it so honestly. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just yeah. really just weighing in and talk about, you know, how he didn't want to be called, you know, a punk or whatever. He didn't want to be that guy. You know what I'm saying? He wanted to be trying to be hard and want to try to be tough and all this stuff. And while I have never had to go through any of that, but I definitely can say, at least when I was a little younger, I would definitely want to, you know, I would hate if I would hate for somebody to, you know, tell me something, you know what I'm saying? Or try to make me feel like I didn't know something. Like that used to just drive me nuts. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't care. Like at this point, I'm just like, okay, well, hey, what we doing? You know, I'm just going to do this. Now I will be looking at some eight times, eight or nine times before I show it to my boss because she's a little nutty. But <laughs> but what I realized too though is is that she's making me a better person. And that's really what I think about it a lot too. Every time, every time she catches something that I didn't catch, I realize one, my brain doesn't work that way. So when she catches something that I didn't see, I'm like, oh wow, I didn't even see that. So now it tur- it makes me think differently. It makes you know, so she's making me a better person, and that's just literally how I take that. Instead of trying, mm-hmm. instead of reflecting that it makes that I'm that something is wrong with me, I'm like, no, this is just a teacher moment. Everybody yeah. deserves it. You agree. know what that reminds me of? in the um in this chapter he was talking about like when he was talking about that um news anchor or whatever she was who was making those crazy comments. Lauren. He said something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said something that really stood out to me. He said he wanted to take false narratives and turn them into teachable moments. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of what you just said also because like we can do that in in multiple ways right when people are are challenging us in some way by like shining light on our flaws like you said that could totally be a teachable moment because similar to the conversation we just had what was it yesterday when we were talking about like asking yourself well why does this bother me so much this thing that I'm upset about why does this bother me and it's like in some cases, like in the book, he described it, it was a teachable moment for her because, or for people like her and, and hopefully getting them to open their eyes and realize that not all Black people who supported Black Lives Matter were racist or, you know, against white people. But in like, in everyday situations with us, it's like when things are challenging us and creating, and we're creating these false narratives around people who are challenging us like your boss micromanaging you makes you feel some type of way 
like taking that and looking at it and saying, you know what, why does this bother me? And what can I learn from this? It's like, now it becomes a teachable moment for you. And those, those lessons are uncomfortable sometimes, but having that perspective, I feel is so helpful and just in everyday situations when it comes to dealing with difficult people. Like, it's just, it's so powerful to look at it. It's like, what can I learn from this? Or what can the person that's making these ridiculous comments learn from this if I, you know, approach it from a certain place rather than a place of anger? Yeah, I think I think what it was too, though, with, with her, it was just the fact that I realized that she was coming from a place of, you know, um, noble intent. She wasn't trying to be funny. She wasn't. Try- she was really in her life, really just trying to, you know, be helpful. You know, so, sometimes her delivery wasn't as great as I wanted it to be at times. But in real life, I believed in my heart that she was really just trying to come from a place of noble intent. And because mm-hmm. she's my boss, because she's my boss, I wanted to ensure that hey, listen, you know she's only gonna be with me for a season, and I need to learn all I can from her during this season because people don't come in your life by accident. You know what I'm saying? Right. Everything that happens in my life is intentional. So I wasn't finna, you know, I was taking that for that, and I was just thinking, you know, at this point she's God sent, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna let her teach me because obviously I need to learn these things. Yeah, so even if I get ready now to move into my next job. I know when I go into my next job, I'm going to be such a better proofreader. I'm going to be such a, you know, I'm going to pay so much more attention to detail about this, that, and the third. My critical thinking skills have just shot out the roof based on working with my leadership, my current leadership. You know what I'm saying? And so these are things that um, a book couldn't teach me. I had to walk through it. You know, so it all worked out in the end as far as I was concerned. Great moments. Now, when I work, when I, when I, when I, when it took me eight times to do a freaking PowerPoint, that wasn't great. But, you know, after that, after that, after that one season, after that one episode, then we got ourselves together after that and we was good from that point forward. But yeah, right. you know, I was, you know, so, so I totally agree. You know what I'm saying? But I think I try my best to always look for the positive things, I guess, in life if I can and see well, what can I learn from this? Because like I said, I honestly believe that when God puts something in my life, it's intentional. Mm-hmm. It's an intentional moment. And what am I going to learn from this? Because I don't want to repeat it, most importantly. That's right. Y'all know so one of the things I say that I like um, about this is um, when the psychiatrist does his notes at the end of the chapter. Yes. That was awesome sauce. Like, okay. it, not only is it like a recap for the chapter, but it also gives you insight and helpful stuff that you can use. I was like, this mm-hmm. is so great. I absolutely love that. Yeah, it's a really well-written book. I think he did a really great job. Mm-hmm. 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 I definitely agree. So, ladies, I think at this point, we've probably been on here about 40, 40-something minutes. And so, um, do you have any finals that you would like to add before we close up today? No, I'm just, just looking forward to um, continuing to read the book. So far, it has definitely been awesome. It has been really good. And I have to say, Charlamagne was not one of my favorite people, just so you know. <laughs> Agreed. So, I think you can that. <laughs> so, this is kind of, ch- his book is kind of changing my opinion of him. Well, I would say giving mm-hmm. me a broader opinion of him. Because, it, like you were saying, I feel like he is being so open and honest in this book that that is what makes it more of an exciting read. It's hard mm-hmm. for people to share your real, your true self with other people, especially people you don't know. And the fact that he's open and honest enough to be able to do that, I think that's really good. That's what's making the book for me. Yeah, I agree. Yes, yes. 
All right, Tima, you got any closing remarks? Anything? No, I don't have anything else. Okay. All right, then, ladies. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. As always, you always give me some, you know, enlightening conversation. And you always give me something to think about. Um, just like um, we did our talk last week, I, I, you know, I had things to think about after, afterwards. And um, I'm sure I'll be having things to think about tonight. Um, so, yeah, and I also look forward to the next chapter. I think the next chapter name is like Black Annoyed or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's going to be really, really good. I had to make myself cut it off today. Me too. To not, to not go on, yep. <laughs> you know, just to, just to make sure I, I stay current. But yeah, so I look forward to talking to you all next week. Um, and thank you again for joining me here at Peace in the Middle. All right. See you next week. All right. All right see y'all. Thank you. Bye. Bye.